Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on. Baby, don't you want to go? Welcome back, Bears fans. It is an emergency podcast from you boys. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined by Chris Nano and Kevin Lapka. As always, Josh Lyles is being an adult over in Hawaii again. So it's <laughs> us. It's back. We're back. A um, lot of news over the last few days for us to talk about. So we got together. We actually, for once, quickly agreed on a time to record together. So yeah. here we are. And we're going to talk about it. We are going to talk about Every single, all the three big signings that have happened so far, um, we'll start, we'll go from lowest to highest, obviously, because the big one will take the most conversation, obviously. So let's start with Jimmy Graham. Um, two years, $9 million guaranteed. I don't hate it. I don't love it, um, personally, because... He's he's not the Jimmy Graham from 2015 who's going to go up and be the superstar guy. I don't love sinking more money into the tight end position into older tight ends. Um, would I have preferred a guy like Cole Kmay from Notre Dame? Probably. But you also have a guy in Jimmy Graham who doesn't miss a lot of games, who's always there. Um, so in that sense, he's the polar opposite of Burton, who's been hurt the last two years. So if it works out, great. You have two legitimate tight ends who have experience and who have success in the NFL. Worst case scenario, you have two guys who are completely ineffective. Uh, your thoughts, uh, that's just my initial thoughts on this. The signing comes down to one thing, and it's what you said. It said he stayed on the field, right? I mean, when we talked about the potential tight ends that the bears could go after. I mean, the common denominator, which he, with each one that we exercised was, can he stay on the field? And, you know, there's obviously the connections between Jimmy Graham and Ryan Pace and his history with the saints. So that played into a little bit as well. But at the end of the day, it's who can stay on the field. And that guy is Jimmy Graham, because that's been the issue for Adam Shaheen. It's been the issue for Trey Burton. And now the bears have like, I think nine tight ends on the roster. It's like the, it's, it's unbelievable. But you know, if you want to look at it, like a, a duo between Jimmy Graham and Trey Burton. If Trey Burton comes back healthy, I actually don't think you're that upset with that duo. Um, it's just that, you know, people got their hopes up, right? And that's been the tale of this free agency. Everyone's gotten their hopes up. So then when you go out and you get a guy like Jimmy Graham, people feel let down. But, you know, in hindsight, I think I think it'll be okay in that duo between Burton and Graham can definitely be serviceable. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Graham. Um, I, I think... That kind of goes without saying. I, I don't think he's been very productive re- as of recently. Um, I mean, look, if it works out great, like you guys said, um, like you guys brought up, I mean, we have nine tight ends now. Someone's got to be good. Like someone's got to pan out <laughs> at, at that point. I mean, that's just math at that real. point. Yeah, seriously. Like that's kind of what was going through my head. You know, I've seen a lot of people get mad at the fact that we have a boatload of tight ends, but 
in my opinion, I mean, I think that's the right approach. Like seriously, like my mindset is someone has to be productive somehow <laughs> out of, out of that many guys, you know? So, um, Jimmy Graham isn't the guy I wanted, but I, I understand the approach. Here's the thing with Jimmy Graham is you were a long shot for Austin Hooper at best because yeah. you knew he was the best one out there and somebody was going to give him double digits annually. Um, your best option after that was Hayden Hurst who got traded. You would have had to work out a trade, give up picks probably, which we, you already don't have enough of, especially now considering the events of today. Um, but Jimmy Graham was the next best option. And, you know, at the end of the day, his stats last year, he had, what, 490-something yards and four touchdowns. That's better than all of your tight ends last year combined, which is sad in and of its own right. But also, it is an upgrade. It does help your team on paper. So I think you just got to cross your fingers and hope for the best at this point. Yeah, it's like it's so tough because obviously like there were other guys who I thought the bears were capable of getting. I mean, Hunter Henry got franchise tag. Austin Hooper went to the Browns early, but I mean, why couldn't we have gotten Eric Ebron to me? That's a big upgrade. And I think that's what is part of the reason why it's making everybody upset is like, if Eric Ebron was off the table and we know Hooper and Henry were off the table by the time the bears, um, you know, made that decision to get Jimmy Graham. But if Ebron was gone too, I don't think people would be that upset, but it's like, is Ryan Pace, you know, not willing to give better players more money or something like people don't understand what's going on. And they're wondering why he's settling for lower caliber players. And I think that's what's making people upset because there's obviously bigger names on the market. And we've been talking about these names for months. And you go out and you get a guy who really just as of, I don't know, a week ago started the rumors of uh, him coming to the Bears. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden he is a bear. That's that's what's making people upset about the whole situation is that the three names that we've been speaking on for the past four months didn't pan out. And all of a sudden you're left with a guy who has played with the Packers for the past two years, hasn't really had a productive season since 2015. And people are upset about it. But it's you know, I I do want to say I was listening to ESPN radio today. And what they're saying was obviously you, you look at Jimmy Graham's career and you look at his most recent years in Green Bay. Not great production, but the thing you have to consider, at least about last year, was that team scored, I think, 25 touchdowns with their running backs. Jimmy Graham wasn't getting red zone targets out of the pass game. So I think it's important to remember that, you know, he will get more targets out of the red zone. And the reason why his numbers were pretty low is because he maybe didn't fit in that offense, but also the Packers just had a ton of success running the football. So maybe he contributed to that as well. I mean, there's a few ways to look at it, but we, we can't be all out on Jimmy Graham just yet. Yep. Agreed. Agreed with that. Yeah. I'm not all out on him. It's just, it, it doesn't inspire. It's not that, that move yeah. that you're like, Oh yeah. Like let's go. Um, yeah. but it's fine. And I think it has the opportunity to pan out for sure. Um, so We'll grade the deal. I mean, two years and nine million guaranteed only. That's really nothing. Um, that's really a one year deal, if we're being honest. So I'm giving this a solid B minus. I think this is it makes you better on paper. It gives you an upgrade and it gives you honestly, we talk about culture with this team. Jimmy Graham's a high culture guy, too. So I'm fine with that. I give it a solid B minus for what it is. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give it a C I, like the only reason I'm getting a C is because I think there are better options out there. But the, the one thing people are failing to remember is this is a tight end room with Jesper Horstead, Adam Shaheen, Trey Burton, Dax Raymond. I mean, these guys, JP, these guys are nobodies and we're complaining about Jimmy Graham. So I'll give it a C because like Jake said, it technically 
is an upgrade and it technically I think does make that position group better. Yeah, I, I think I'm in that same boat. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a C as well. Um, it doesn't it doesn't really move the needle for me, um, but it's one of those things where I'm not totally against it for pretty much the reasons you guys just brought up. Um, you know, we, we haven't had any production at tight end, um, you know, because of Trey Burton's injuries, Adam Shaheen just pretty much being just there. Um, and you know, it's just, it's one of those things where he, he's, he's an upgrade no matter what, but like Kevin said, I would have much rather, you know, gone after slightly better tight end. Yeah. It's just that it's whatever. I, I think you're it's fine. With it. I think it works out. Right. It's not inspiring, but I yeah. think at the end of the day, you'll be all right with it. Um, and that's fine. And I think this does probably, I think we can all agree, right. Has the writing on the wall for Adam Shaheen now, the yeah. signing. <laughs> Cut. Yeah. yeah. That, I think, uh, you know, Adam Sheen never really panned out. It sucks that, you know, Ryan Pace used a second rounder on him. But, uh, you know, that's just the way it is sometimes. But let's get into some moves that we are excited about. And Robert Quinn, five-year deal, really a three-year deal because it is pretty front-loaded. Um, Robert Quinn obviously was an elite pass rusher. He's, you know, year-to-year probably good. He's probably a, a very good. And at his best, he's elite. He's one of the top pass rushers in the league. You pair him with... Cleo Mack, you release Leonard Floyd in a corresponding move. Um, the money is fine. I don't hate it. It's whatever. I mean, you have to pay for pass rush and the bears, their cap situation isn't great, but you still get a guy like this. And then, you know, in three years you can get out of it. So I, I think that's all right. I love this move. I think it helps Cleo Mack. I think it helps Akeem Hicks. I think it helps the entire defense. I think it helps Eddie Jackson. Um, I think this move getting Robert Quinn, he's long. He's a sack specialist. If you want to call me, he's an all around specialist. He's good at everything. Like I said, <laughs> at his ceiling, he's elite, but he's been great with sacks. He has bounced around a little bit, but he stays on the field for the most part. And he's productive when he is. So I love this move. I give this move an A. I would also give this move an A. Khalil Mack is, is throwing a party at his house right now. I can tell you that right now. Um, that, I mean, the thing you get about Robert Quinn is he's, he's obviously more of a pass rusher then he has a run defender and, and people, there are people who are saying, well, you give up the threat of Leonard Floyd being a, a, a run defender. I mean, we have so much talent in our defensive front that getting Robert Quinn solely as a pass rusher to me is all that matters. And this guy had 11 and a half sacks last year. He can get to the quarterback. He's fast. He's quick. He's extremely flexible and athletic. I mean, this is going to be, I think one of the most feared edge duos in the league. Do you guys agree with that? Yep, Definitely. Yep. This definitely puts you back into that top five defense realm again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have to agree with all that. I'll, I'd also give it an A. Um, you know, we talked about all season. I, you guys remember, I would bring it up pretty much every week. Like, man, I'm kind of disappointed in Leonard Floyd. And I, <laughs> and I felt like I said that so many times throughout the season. And, you know, this is kind of the writing was on the wall. Uh, I, I really do think so. I think they just, you know, People didn't really talk about it as much. You know, um, people weren't talking about Pace actually cutting him. It was just up in the air more so. Um, but I, I think we all kind of knew it was coming. Um, and, and look, I think we upgraded tremendously with Robert Quinn. I don't yes. give a crap about the money. I think you instantly improved his defense with that move. Um, you know, next to uh, next to Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks, I mean, this that's, that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the thing is with the money, especially in this first year, Leonard Floyd was set to make almost $14 million. That's what Quinn's cap hit is in the first year. You basically, for the same amount of money, you basically traded Leonard Floyd for Robert Quinn, which is an absolutely, completely out-of-the-park home run (laughs) move. So um, now if you're rushing the passer, you look at your four guys rushing the passer now are going to be Robert Quinn, Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Cleo Mack. That's really good. And that forces bad decisions. That forces rushed throws, rushed reads. I mean, we saw, I mean, look at just what the bears have done with depleted lines at times. Like look at what combinations of Leonard Floyd, Cleo Mack, Akeem Hicks and Roy Robertson, Harris or Eddie Goldman, like throw anybody in there. Um, You've had this rotation, especially last year, and you still got guys worried. I mean, you still got Cleo Mack getting double teamed. And that's the biggest takeaway from this. Cleo Mack sees less double teams, mm. way less triple teams, obviously. Akeem Hicks sees less double teams because there simply won't be enough offensive linemen or blockers even for offenses <laughs> to put up against these guys. There's, it just, it's not possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, if you just think about the front seven, you know, look, you re- Leonard Floyd was was probably the weakest link and, in my opinion, the only weak link. I, I look, I don't think Leonard yeah. Floyd's a terrible player. I just don't think he was necessarily the guy we needed. Well, um, he just, he just didn't live up to expectations. Exactly. When you spend a top 10 pick on a guy, there's expectations that come with that. And he just unfortunately didn't meet those. No, hundred percent. And, and that's, that's exactly what I was trying to say. You know, with, with Robert Quinn, I mean, man, I, I get giddy every time I, I say his name now, because it's <laughs> like, he's, he was that missing piece in the front seven. Um, and then, you know, you bring Danny Trevathan back, Roquan Smith will be back and healthy, hopefully. And I mean, look, that's that's all I got to say. Yeah. If there's one thing I can say for sure, it's that Chris's profile picture in three days is going to be Robert Quinn. I guarantee it. percent. It, it's without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> but yeah, I usually do that with players that I hated at first. So I'll pro- it'll probably be Nick Foles. <laughs> it'll probably be Nick Foles. <laughs> Shout out Buster Screen. <laughs> Buster Screen. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, this Robert Quinn move is awesome. This puts you as a top-tier defense again. This makes you that – you're always a defensive first team, but that really sells it. That really hammers that home. And I'm okay with that because that's a truly elite unit. Um, You're going to have a little bit of questions with coverage, especially because Cleo Mack isn't great in coverage. Robert Quinn, from what I've heard and seen, um, he's fine. I I don't think he's thinking, oh, all right, he's an all-around. But – Obviously, his first and best skill is getting after the quarterback, getting into the backfield. But that's why you got have guys like Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson who can make up for this and can capitalize on those mistakes that these Kirk Cousins and that these guys are making when they're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I'm about to get run over by a train. Like You have guys that can capitalize that. I think it'll all even out. I think you'll be OK, especially depending on who is brought in at the other corner slot. Yeah. I mean, it also makes it easier. I mean, we've seen this directly from 2018 and 2019. I mean, it's it's simple football knowledge. When you get to the quarterback quicker, it makes it easier on the secondary and they don't have to do as much. The reason why they had so many turnovers in 2018 is because they were getting to the quarterback, forcing bad throws. I mean, it, it, there's a direct correlation there. And I'm, I'm very happy that the front office and the organization saw that obviously those pass rush numbers were down and they saw that the defense took a hit because of that. So they did the right things and they said, all right, if we fix the pass rush, then everything will fall in place. And I think that's what's going to happen. And you get yourself 
uh, a more than viable player. I mean, you get yourself an elite player in Robert Quinn to do that. And for the money is, you know, the way it's structured, it's not that much. Initially, we were a little bit scared. We saw that number 70 million and we all got a little bit freaked out. But once you kind of figure out the the real part of the deal where it's, you know, not that much money guaranteed in the first few years, then it, it makes sense financially as well. So I think this is a, a complete win for the Bears, both financially and both on the field. Um, th- this is an A grade for the Bears, without a doubt. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement there. Yeah, I, I'm very excited to see what this duo can do. I'm very excited to see. And, you know, Robert Quinn is still on, you know, he's not, a. you know, it's not, um, it's not God. Why is his name escaping me? Um, the guy who we signed and he was with the Vikings forever. And then we signed him when he was like 35. Um, Jared, Jared, Allen. Jared Allen. Thank you. It's not like that where he's clearly past his prime and he's clearly <laughs> a guy who's on the wrong side. Like Robert Quinn is still 29. He's about to turn 30. Like I said, it's front loaded. So you can get out after three years. Um, before we move on to our biggest topic, um, Robert Quinn, just for, our listeners, just so they can know um, last year, 11 and a half sacks, 34 combined tackles, uh, 13 tackles for loss, 22 QB hits, uh, two force fumbles, three passes defensed. So that's last year alone. So that's some reference for our listeners. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Well, it's the big one. We have to talk about it um, because we have finally reached a resolution in the great Bears debate of the quarterback room. The Bears today trade a fourth round pick for Nick Foles from the Jacksonville Jaguars. They restructure the contract somewhat. They move the money around a little bit. It's basically I think it's going to be three years and 50 now with opt-outs after the first two years for Nick Foles, Super Bowl winning champion, Super Bowl MVP. Nick Foles, he of the broken collarbone from last year who lost out to Gardner Minshew then and (laughs) was traded after one year of his contract. Um, Here's my thing with this. Especially on this show, we've talked about Cam Newton. We've talked about Derek Carr. We've talked about Andy Dalton. We've talked a little bit about Tom Brady, but obviously he is now reportedly going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, Nick Foles was never really someone we had talked about completely and fully where we thought this is the guy that we want. This is the guy that we can get. Um, I always knew personally, and I think we all felt like this, that Nick Foles was available and that the Jaguars would try to get rid of him and try to trade that enormous contract. Um, Never thought he inspired a ton of hope, especially for the Bears, but if it happened, it happened, and it has happened. Don't love giving up a fourth-round pick, especially when you're tight on picks already, but that is the way it goes. Um, And at the end of the day, I've spent some time thinking about this, and we won't pull the slack receipts for this, but, um, (laughs) you know, 
at the end of the day, this guy has won a Super Bowl. He has not he has grown from the quarterback he was when he went to St. Louis to be a starter. I think personally, I believe that. Um, and I believe he's not the same quarterback he was with Kansas City either. This is a guy who beat you in the playoffs. You watched him beat you. Um, you know, I think I'm okay with this move because even if Foles is just average Foles, whatever, you have this awesome defense and he has that ability to get hot for three to four games and maybe longer and carry you for a little bit. You know, the seven touchdown game, obviously, the Super Bowl run. So we know this guy can do it at the highest level. It's just we have to know what our expectations are for this. You know you're getting a guy who is probably an upgrade over Trubisky. You can say comp- you can say the word competition all you want. You're not paying a guy $50 million for a competition. He's QB1 right away. Mm-hmm. Um, if Mitch outperforms him and Mitch takes that starting job back, great. But as of right now, as of today, as of 8.32 p.m. Central Time on March 18th, Nick Foles is the starter. And – I'm okay with that. I've made my peace with that. I think he can take advantage of the playmakers you've gotten, but we just have to be real about who Nick Foles is. End rant. Jake, Jake, I I tweeted, I said this episode's going to get heated, and I think this is where it starts because I I think as of 8:32 on March 18th, Mitch Trubisky's the starter. And I think Stop. this move actually How? reaffirms that. It reaffirms that. In a hundred percent. That's that's what I th- look. Look, if if the Bears were ever serious, which we never really thought they were, ever serious about getting a new quarterback. I mean, we heard it in the press conferences. Mitch is our guy. Mitch is our guy. And yeah, we took it to the grain of salt. We didn't believe it, right? GM say all this crap. If if they were serious about getting a guy to replace Mitchell Trubisky, they would have done the necessary things to get Cam Newton, to get Teddy Bridgewater, to get Philip Rivers, to get Tom Brady, or to get Derek Carr. That, that's the fact of the matter. But you get Nick Foles and you look at him and you say Nick Foles' career is exactly what has killed Mitch. So basically, Nick Foles has felt the pressure of one of the best football towns raining down on him in Philadelphia. Okay, Mitch in Chicago, one of the better football towns, ton of pressure. They have that in common. Hold Both on, quarterbacks hold, on, have hold, on with- hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. You are yeah. not right, talking what? about Carson Wentz and Mitch Trubisky in the same. No, no, no. no. I'm talking about. Right no, I'm not. I'm I'm talking about Foles and Trubisky. I'm but talking you about- said in Philadelphia. Yeah. You said he had the. You, but you're comparing the situations. Carson Wentz is leaps and bounds better than Mitch Trubisky. No, 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 no. I'm not comparing the more situations. There. No, 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 no. I'm not comparing the situations. I'm comparing the players. So I'm saying Nick Foles has dealt with the pressure of Philadelphia. Just as not in, in the QB room, just himself as a player. Mitch Trubisky okay. is dealing with the pressure of Chicago. Doesn't know how to handle it. Nick Foles has never had a consistent season, has he? Never done 16 games in a season. Has Mitch right. Trubisky been consistent? No. I mean, this honestly, it makes so much sense. With the coaches that Matt Nagy brought in, Nick Foles knows every one of them. I mean, this to me is a complete push. Mitch move. It is a complete make Mitch better move. And let's be honest, Ryan Pace at the end of the day, all he wants is to be right about Mitch Trubisky. I think we can come to that conclusion. He wants to be right that he traded up all these picks to number two and picked a guy ahead of Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. He wants this to play out in the long run. And bringing in Nick Foles is the best possible quarterback you could do to help out with that. And that's why I see it this way. If you bring in Andy Dalton, I would have thought Andy Dalton was the starter. I really would have. But 
because it's Nick Foles, because of what he brings to the table, because he knows the offense so well, it leads me to believe that this is 100% a situation where we're bringing this guy in to push Mitch and to make Mitch better. And and that is the way I see it right now. That could change. But right now, as of today, that's the way I see it. I mean, look, I'm kind of in the middle. I, I see both your arguments, and I, I actually agree with both, so I don't even know what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> but... To, I, I was thinking about what Kevin just said earlier and like how how Chicago Bears like would it be for, you know, like th- I could see this move being like, hey, man, look, we you guys wanted a new quarterback. We got a quarterback and Mitch outperformed him. And, you know, he purposely went after a quarterback yeah. that, you know, is not as good as we could have gotten, you know, and, you know, he'd be like, look, we tried. We tried. But Mitch Mitch outperformed him and Mitch is the guy. And that's who we're rolling with. I think. I definitely see Kevin's argument, but then the other side to that is, I mean, you, you're mortgaging a lot. I I really do think so. A fourth round pick is not cheap. The money he's earning. I mean, he's not cheap. He does. He's not coming cheap. And this is all it boils down to for me. Is he a possible upgrade over Mitch? Maybe, maybe. Is he, well, what are we, what is, what is all this anger and frustration been revolved around? The fact that we've built a Super Bowl contending team, but we're missing one piece. Does this, does adding Nick Foles make us a Super Bowl contender? No. Yes or no? Yes or no? I mean, I think, no. I mean, it doesn't mm. help it. You don't, you don't move at all. You don't. Exactly. See, I think you do move. You don't, in my I, opinion, you stay the same. I think you do move because what was the, what was the issue last year? You weren't consistent at quarterback. You didn't know which Mitch Trubisky was showing up. Was it going to be the Dallas Mitch or was it going to be the Mitch against Green Bay? You just didn't know what was going to happen. Was it going to be L.A. Mitch or was it going to be Tampa Mitch? Like they were, You were getting polar opposites. You were never getting a consistent average production. It was always one or the other. And either but the that's defense exactly had to what Nick Foles is, too. See, I, just, I, I disagree with that, though, because Nick Foles, you have that baseline of like, this is what he is. He's average. He's got the talent to make the throws, not a stellar athlete. He doesn't have Mitch's running ability. He doesn't have the raw athleticism, but he can make the throws and he knows. And I read this from Adam Johns this morning. Foles knows what he sees in front of him. He can see what is in front of him. He knows defenses. He knows the offense. And that's what I think this coaching staff has been built around, especially, but because with Mitch, you could see there was confusion. Sometimes I think with Foles, you eliminate that and you're going to get a consistent week-to-week quarterback that you can count on. It might not be 300 yards and three passing touchdowns, but it'll be something that'll be good enough to get you to where to that 11-win mark, that 10-win mark, which is what you couldn't get with Mitch because you didn't know. You didn't know what you were getting. Look, I I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I don't think – I don't think um... – I don't think Nick Foles is – I don't know Bears fans don't love Nick Foles. And, but, you know, there, I've seen a lot of people say that he's, you know, he's average and he could get the job done. I, I don't know if I'm in that boat. I, I've seen Nick Foles play. Um, you know, I saw him play last year. I know you guys did too. And, you know, he didn't look like a guy that was even average, really. I mean – Well, when I you come know. back from a shattered collarbone, when you try to well, win your job well, back from a shattered collarbone – well, look, well, look, that's a problem in and, in and of itself, no? I mean, that's kind sure. of why we're also angry. Well, here's my main argument. You're not paying a backup $50 million. That's just 
like that's my thing. That's why I'm in this boat because you're you're not you're just not you're not paying yeah. a backup fifty million dollars. Yeah, I that, and that's kind of what's that's kind of what's gearing me to, uh, gearing me away from Kevin's argument. It's like if you're if, if he's coming to be the yeah. backup, it's kind of like I mean that's I a lot of money. But but I will say this. This is a bold. I, I don't know if this is bold. I don't care. But this is hot take. Chris enters the building. If, if the Bears don't make the playoffs, Ryan Pace is hundred percent fired. One thousand percent fired. Yeah, and I, I think and I think I, I think he should be as well. Yeah. Well, I look agree. at it this I way. I mean, how much money did Mike Glennon get to be the backup? For how much? Forty-eight million. What What did he get? You know what I mean? Like we've seen yeah, it in the yeah. past, and it's we've seen it in the past. Ryan Pace has done well, this, and, and let me ask well, you this question: me, Glennon's guaranteed money was what fifteen million? Like you were able to get out of that no, after one I year? I think this was eighteen. I mean, what's what's Foles is guaranteed for this year? I think his cap hit for this year is sixteen. And yeah. Glennon was like eighteen or something. Okay, I but think. but let me ask you something, Kevin. But you, if the Bears win the Super Bowl this year, if the Bears win the Super Bowl this year. Does that do you go back and look at this move and see justification that it was an investment that made Mitch better? If you like, if you that, make the play, if you make the playoffs, this is fine. But I think if, if you make Mitch, the playoffs or win the Super Bowl, Mitch, you're doing it with Nick Foles. I don't know. Mitch I, Trubisky is not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I just I hope he is. I truly, I really, really hope he is. But we cannot forget what we saw last year. Like, sure, let's focus on the Dallas games all we want, but let's also look at those LA games. We can't. We can't separate these things. You have to look at them all together. And I think, and and that's the same thing with Foles, to be fair. He's not the Super Bowl MVP purely, but he's also not the guy who crashed and burned in St. Louis. It's somewhere in the middle. But right now, you can't trust Mitch. That guy, even right now, look at this from a human perspective. Mitch's confidence is going to be gone, out the window, shot, get rid of it. It's shattered to pieces. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I'm... Well, I, I don't know, guys. I, I'm just very um, – like Kevin said, look, if we wanted Cam Newton, it was right there for the taking. It, it really Weird. was. Um, and and I – look, it could be, you know, any reason why they didn't want Cam Newton. But when it boils down to it, it's – Nick Foles, like we said about Jimmy Graham, I just don't think it's inspiring enough. I, I don't think it's a it's anything that will, you know, excite the locker room. I, I – I, I don't know. I, I just I'm I'm right in the middle right now with my argument. I just I see both sides to it. Um, and, but for me, I, I'm I'm not very happy about this move. I, I and I I'll, I'll even argue I'm devastated by this move. I did not <laughs> Ooh, like this move. Oh, wow. and we thought I was taking it bad. Jeez. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you why everybody's devastated. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's because the past two days. We've gone through a roller coaster of emotions. But after hearing about the possibility, just even the possibility that we were talking to Teddy Bridgewater or the possibility that we were even talking to Cam Newton, got people so excited. But what I want to do is I want to put put yourself into Ryan Pace's shoes, okay? And you're Ryan Pace, and you say you either look at it, Mitch is the starter, or, or we're going to find a replacement. If he was dead set on finding a replacement, you know how aggressive Ryan Pace is. I'm pretty sure if he was dead set on finding a replacement, he would have done the necessary things to get a better guy. I mean, does that I mean that to me is why I'm thinking of it as Mitch is going to be the starter through this because I know how aggressive Ryan Pace is and if he was dead serious on finding and it was completely out of Mitch and he was dead serious on finding a new guy, he would have found a real 
caliber veteran guy like Cam Newton, like Teddy Bridgewater. But he said no. And he my, went with Nick Foles, and that's why I'm feeling this way. My argument to that would be that, yes, we've seen Ryan Pace get aggressive. Read Mac, comma, Khalil. Like, yeah. But in that instance, you knew you could get a top five player in the league, and you didn't have a lot of other issues, like holes to address. Your offensive line was set. You had a young and up-and-coming co- up quarterback that you thought – was up and coming and could lead you somewhere. And he did that season, to be fair. You had running backs. You had your receiver set. You had just signed Allen Robertson, Taylor Gabriel, and Trey Burton. You had this defense in place, and Cleo Mack was the capstone to that. That Cleo Mack was the thing that kicked it off and kicked you into playoff contention, Super Bowl contenders. My argument to, all right, fast forward to now, you have way more holes to address. You have another wide receiver two to find. You have a corner, a starting cornerback to find. You have a starting right guard to find. You have all these other questions. You know, when you got that Khalil Mack, when you were super aggressive, then you could afford that. Your cap situation was great. You, your skill positions were set. Your quarterback was set. But now, this year specifically, you had so many other things to address. I think you had to go with a guy who... Because also the part of this is that Pace isn't ready to say, I screwed up on the number two overall pick. Because not a lot of GMs say that and succeed. It happens every now and then, but not often. So he's not ready to mail that in and say, yep, here we go, guys. So this is still someone who he can bring in and say, this is a guy, and he can still sell that competition message. But realistically, we know when you look at the money, when you look at the track record, when you look at the comments that have been said over the last season by both Nagy and Pace – you could say, okay, he's probably the starter, but we can still sell this. He's pushing Mitch. He's going to kick Mitch into a higher gear. You can still sell that, and people will still believe that. But when we think about it, again, I just keep going back to this. You're not paying Nick Foles $50 million to be the backup. I know you did it with Mike Glennon, but you cut bait right away. You're hoping that Foles plays well enough where he'll opt out after this first year. How likely is that? Because he's still making a boatload of money. So that's just my thing with this is that – you 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 can do this. This fits your narrative right now. And it's still good enough where you can be like, if this goes either way, if it's Foles or if it's Trubisky, it still fits where you're okay. Especially if you're trying if because Pace is playing for his job right now. So it still works yeah. in that in that vein too. Yeah, I just um I, I think he backed himself into a corner. Uh absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean I look, I at the end of the day, it's if it doesn't work out He's fired and, you know, it, it, everything fails. And and that's why, you know, I'm not very happy with people saying, oh, well, you know, this doesn't matter because, you know, if Pace gets fired. That's what a lot of people wanted anyway. Well, if Pace gets fired, everything we've done is is, is over. You're back in a rebuild. It's failed. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you there's still a lot on the line right now. So, I mean, he better pray this this works out. And I mean, you, and look, how do you guys feel about um People saying that this is this was Nagy who, who wanted Foles. I think I, there's credence to that. I, I think this this coaching staff wasn't put together for no reason in yeah. the way that it was. Yeah. I mean, I think you've seen I think Matt Nagy had more influence in this situation than Ryan Pace did. That I mean that I think Matt Nagy said, you know, I need a well, guy Pace is still doing the call and right. making Pace the is making the exactly. call. But Nagy is right in his ear about this situation. I mean, you like look at the coaching staff: Di Filippo, Castillo, Nagy, 
Every uh, laser, every single one of those guys has worked with Foles. That's not a coincidence. I mean, it's agreed. It's a reason. I mean, it it could have been Dalton, right? It could have been Keenum. It could have been you know these other kind of what we. I would have been more pissed about Keenum. Oh, I would have been more pissed. I would have been way more pissed. But you know, there's a reason. You know, people are saying, "Oh, you could have got Keenum for seven million dollars, and you're getting (laughs) the same type of player for that kind of value." (laughs) But it's it's it all makes too much sense with the current coaching staff that's put together in my opinion and you know i i don't know i'm i'm at the, at the beginning when i first heard the news i was mad man I, I tweeted out some nasty things and and i was unhappy but i've warmed up to it and i've you know maybe it's not that bad because mitchell trubisky is a guy that needed development all along right I mean, we know that we've talked about that he always needed development and who did he get to learn from when he when he stepped into Hallis Hall? Mike Lennon and Mark Sanchez. That's who he got to learn from before he's thrown to the fire. I mean, this <laughs> he find, and then you get Chase Daniel. Yeah, Chase Daniel knows, knows the offense, but he was never anything. You finally actually get to learn from a quarterback who's been through it. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's faced adversity more than almost any other guy in the league. He's the underdog story of the decade. I mean, everybody, you know, this is the guy you want to learn from. And that's why I'm, I'm getting more encouraged about this situation, if in fact Mitch is a starter, because I believe in Mitch Trubisky's work ethic. And I believe that with the right tools and with the right mentor in place, maybe he can be something and maybe he can be serviceable. So I'm, I'm warming up to it because this no better guy to learn from than Nick Foles. Let me let me ask you guys something. Are we warming up to it because we realize something, or are we warming up to it because we really have no other choice? We really have no choice. I mean, I, I, that's... <laughs> I'm on the flip side of that coin. I, I'm actually warming up. Like, the more I talk about it and the more I read about it, like, because my thing is, with that coaching staff, the way it's been assembled, that gives me more confidence. And I just think that, you know, like, let's be honest with ourselves. Behind closed doors, Nagy was telling people... I need someone better under center. That's a fact. That is a fact that has been reported. He was saying to people, I need a better quarterback. I think Foles is, Foles floor is higher than Trubisky's. Trubisky's ceiling is higher, but so like it's that in between, I think like I back to my earlier point, Foles gives you a better week to week consistency. And I think that makes the whole team better. Um, you know, but, personally, I'm I'm excited to see Nick Foles work with Allen Robinson. I think that could be electric. Like, I think right. that is huge. Um, is Nick Foles a statue? I don't think so. We saw it in the Super Bowl. You know, the, the guy's an athlete still. At the end of the day, he's an NFL athlete. Um, he's not as athletic as Trubisky. He's not rolling out. He's not scrambling. But the arm talent is better. I think, unfortunately, and, and this sounds a little mean, but the intellectual side of of that I think he's better than Trubisky. Um, and I think Kevin, like you said, this guy has been through hell and back in his NFL career. Um, yeah. and Trubisky, you know, he, Trubisky, we've seen him get rattled. We've seen him get rattled by the media. We've seen him get rattled in game Foles, We haven't seen that Foles ever since, you know, like I said, crashing and burning in St. Louis, he hasn't shown that he's shown that like, all right, you know, this is just the way it is. Go with the flow. We can bounce back from this. I'm, I'm, I can do this. Like, I like that. I want that from my quarterback. Um, So I think as I'm thinking through it, and I tweeted this, that like I would go through these steps of like, I'd be really mad. And I think I said this to you guys too. I'll be really mad and then I'll be okay with it. And then we'll see what happens in the season. But I I think Foles is set up for success here. Like I think more so than in Jacksonville too, because Jacksonville, they're going to go into a rebuild now. 
like they were, they gave Foles all that money, hoping that he could still make them that AFC championship team. That was never going to happen. They lost so much talent from that team. The Bears have the talent. They have the supporting cast. They have the defense. You just need Foles to be average Foles, which is what we're expecting. Like I said, we got to temper these expectations. Um, I think I think this is the guy where you know you win one playoff game for me this year, I'm happy. Win one no, playoff game. Absolutely not. This absolutely year. Not. This year. I'm over the ten over this next. I three disagree span. too. Yeah, I, but, I think, but 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 think about it though. I mean, look look at the moves the Bears made. We I, I haven't like this is not I haven't fact checked or anything. Well, it's we also easy be... to say what I just said. Like it's March. Like <laughs> I'm not going to be saying that a year from now. <laughs> like, no, but but I mean, look at the moves the Bears made, and I mean they're they have to be up there with you know one of the old being one of the oldest teams in the league. So I mean, we talk about this we talk about this window. If you don't win this year, I don't know. Because because think about it. I mean, we won one playoff game. And then next year, I mean, what are, what exactly are we looking at? Are, are we, you know, are we, are we, you know, confident in the team after that? I mean, obviously we have to see how it plays out, of course. But I mean, just just think about it. I, I don't think that's enough. I don't think I think we're running out of time. And I think winning one playoff game and, and losing the next game is is another wasted season. Right. This this window is open for two, maybe three more years. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like. Because, like I said, it's easy for me to say that now in March where you're like you're reeling from this eight and eight season where you came crashing down and expectations came crashing down. I just, you know, <laughs> it, I think if Foles gets you the playoffs and then some guys get on a hot streak, they're not saying it has to be Foles. But even if it's the defense or if it's David Montgomery or if it's the offensive line, like I think you, there's confidence here. I, I think this team, you're firmly black in playoff. Con, you're playoff contenders right now again. Not just on the so? base of the defense. Yes, absolutely. Really, I think. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't. I don't trust. I like. We're we're kind of glorifying Nick Foles because we're comparing him to Mitchell Trubisky, and that's fair. I don't but think we are glorifying. Nick him, has not done we've it. Aired out has his, not done it for a full season. But we we've we've aired out his negatives. We've talked about the bad parts of Nick Foles. We're not saying good, good, positive, 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 positive. Like yeah. we've. We've talked about the negatives with Nick Foles, and they're there. They're absolutely there. And there's a lot of risk with this. Um, I just think when you're talking pure upgrade standpoint, like we can all agree this Nick Foles is going to be an upgrade over what Mitch was last year. Yes. Yes. Mitch, but what he was last year, but as from him as a whole player, I would I wouldn't even call it an upgrade. Well, so that well, that's what I said. Nick Foles' floor is higher. Mitch's ceiling is higher, for sure, yeah. because he's younger, he's more athletic. But the floor, you need to look at it like – because we, we're we not sure Mitch can hit that floor, that ceiling. He's done it, what, twice in Tampa Bay and against Dallas? And for a quarter against Philadelphia? Yeah, he did against the Lions a few times. It's the Lions. The Lions stink. <laughs> so do the I Buccaneers. Mean, don't, throw De- don't throw the Detroit Lions at me as, an, as, a, as a calibration for Mitch Trubisky. They're about no, the I Detroit mean, Patriots now, man, and they got too many Patriots. That's Patriots true. Players, yeah. That's yeah. Great. Um, Great. Well, Chris, what are your thought? Uh, I was actually just gonna say uh, if we could talk about some some of the holes that we need to fill. After this, sure. Yes, well, yes. Well, let's, do, 
Let's, all right, let's grade the Nick Foles deal because we just spent about 15 minutes on Nick Foles, almost 20 minutes. Um, Nick Foles, I'm giving this, I'm giving this a C plus. It doesn't inspire you, but it, it makes you better. It raises your floor for the season. I'm giving it a C plus. Kevin. So I think right now I would go with a C, but I think in I'll say in seven months or whenever I I don't know the math, whenever the playoffs are, I think you're gonna look at this as a B plus, not because Nick Foles led you to the playoffs, but because Mitchell Trubisky got better because of it and led you to the playoffs and turned Mitch into somewhat of a product. So right now I'll say C, but I think this is something that can change. I'm going to say C minus because basically what I said earlier, I think it is a potential upgrade over Mitch Trubisky, but I don't think it's enough. And I think people are kind of forgetting what the end goal is here. Um, and I just, I don't know. It, it doesn't do it for me, but you know, I don't absolutely hate it because I guess it is something for now. All right. Last point on this and then we'll move on to the holes. That the <laughs> this is my last point. I swear. Okay. The Bears right now, more talented than that Super Bowl Eagles team, correct? Can we agree on that? More talent collectively, especially on defense. I don't know, man. Yeah, I would – yes. Talent-wise, talent-wise, yes. Equal to or better than that Eagles team. Better peer talent-wise. If you look on paper, talent, yes. Okay. Y- yeah. And so, have we seen Nick Foles win with equal slash lesser talent than what the Bears have now? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I I don't know. I I feel like I feel like it's not as black and white as that, you know. I just sure, no, nothing is. I mean, in March yeah. it is, but things will get messy. And, uh... Yeah. I mean, I I get your point though. I I do get that. I, I I do see where you're coming from, and that's why, like, I mean, for me, it's like I don't I don't think we have much of a choice. I I think that's what it, that's why we gotta at least you know just. Let's talk about the negatives, but also talk about the positives, because there there is a chance this this works out, and we're all looking stupid after we post this, you know, on, on <laughs> you know, on, on social media. But it, it's just it's one of those things where we're just gonna have to wait and see, like pretty much everything. Right. All right. Uh, we also have to read Josh Lyles' statement on the situation <laughs> yeah. um, from Josh Lyles. I think he's an expensive backup who will push Trubisky to be better. Great locker room presence. So he's kind of in the middle here. He's kind of in that yeah, wait and see scenario. Yeah. I want to so. read you guys something that just reminded me. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. DJ Shark tweeted this right now, and I think this is really important. He said uh, on Nick Foles, quote, Damn, thank you for helping me learn defensive coverages. My first professional touchdown, telling me I was going to be a baller in OTAs months before the season ever started, and just being a genuine person from the start, pray you ball in Chicago, big bro. That's that's the other thing you're getting. I mean, this was a locker room that was you know, kind of arrogant, need to be humbled, needed – a guy like Nick Foles to kind of calm them down and humble them. Is, is that correct? I mean, we, we've spoken about this before, about the Bears in 2019. They were wrong. They were not in the right. They were not in the right space mentally in, in every facet. Yeah. Nick Foles can change that, whether he's the backup, whether he's the starter. Just him Definitely. in the locker room, to me, is a huge presence. And I thought that DJ Shark uh, tweet kind of just, you know, spoke to that. So that's yeah. all I wanted to say about that. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that at all. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 1,000% at the end of the day, uh, Nick Foles will bring this locker room uh, closer together, I think, for sure. Um, all right, last segment we have to talk about still some of the needs that the Bears have to address. Um, 
Offensive line is still something that you're going to have to look at. Right guard, obviously, Kyle Long retiring, need that. And, you know, you make that transition in leadership from Kyle Long to Nick Foles, so you have that covered. But the actual position, still need to talk about that. You still need to fill the corner, the starting corner out uh, next to Kyle Fuller. You still need a strong safety because you're not sure what ha-ha Clint Dix. Maybe you can bring him back, but right now – uh, Dion Bush, I think, is the guy who's on paper starting next to Eddie Jackson. He's a free agent as well. Okay, so right now your strong safety spot is up in the air. Yep. Um, so you got two DBs, an offensive lineman, um, and, a, you know, the fourth one, this one isn't as important to me, wide receiver. Um, yes, you cut Taylor Gabriel, but if you believe in what Anthony Miller showed you in the, at the end of the year— there's your wide receiver too. And then you have Javon Wims and Riley Ridley and those guys to fill in the three, four, five spots. Um, I still think you should probably bring in somebody um, just, you know, some kind of veteran, uh, you know, like a Dontrell Eamon type, somebody like that, who just like, he's your solid number three, whatever. He'll be fine. Um, I said a type Kevin, not actual Dontrell (laughs) Eamon, but you know, somebody like that, but that I think you could get away with just letting receiver fall to the wayside. But I think, priorities go in that order offensive line corner strong safety chris before you go i have news for you because this we have news we have news it's not big no news way. but it's news the bears have retooled the contract of cody whitehair so that's opening up cap and i just i just want to bring that up to you chris because when you talk about some of the moves that the bears can make obviously the restricted on money free a little bit more up because of the cody whitehair extension or restructure i just want to let you that's know about he, sh- he should have never been making that much money anyway. i think look I-, I think that's actually really important um but very i look this this may this may be weird to you guys i don't know if you guys will agree with this i don't think we need a cb2 i i don't think so i i look yeah it'll be i know where you're gonna go with this (laughs) it'll be risky it'll be risky but i'm i was really impressed with kevin tolliver last year like seriously like he there was this one clip that i saw and i know it was only one clip but he was on Devontae Adams, and yeah. He, yeah. he played that – that play was just gorgeous. Like, that's textbook cornerback play. And, I mean, that shows me that he knows what he's doing out there. And you have Buster Screen there as well, who can play on the outside, as we've seen before. Um, look, I, I think they need – they definitely need to bring someone in. I just don't think it's it has to be somebody who – we can, we pay a lot of money to. I, I I think you can bring yeah. in a cheap cheaper vet and and probably roll with that. However, I do think you need to spend um, because look, we're not going to be able to spend big on all the positions we need uh, on all the holes we have. So I think if you have to prioritize, I think you know guard would be first, and then safety, and then corner in terms of how you spread out the money. That's that's just how I'm seeing it right now. That's fair. I just screen showed me so much as the slot guy last year that I really liked it. Um, and I really don't want to tamper with that. Like I'd rather you have, cause Tolliver's big enough to play strong safety. I'd rather, and this Ooh. is news because the lions just signed Desmond Trufant. Yeah. Darius Slay wants out. I doubt it. No, I doubt it because that inner division, it, it's very, very unlikely because the lions, I don't think want to get that whole thing of like trade of one of our best defensive players to an already good defense in inside division. the division. But, yeah. um, you know, we talked about that with, uh, with Josh a couple of days ago too, uh, about trades and, and inside the division. But so I, I think though, like if you get, if you have the chance, especially with however much money, this white hair restructure opens up, 
it realistically it's probably so you can bring haha black back back i would imagine like that's probably the most likely scenario um and then you wet that tolliver and screen go out at corner but um there's a lot of different options you could go with that yeah i i just like i i kind of find it hard to believe that haha would would take less money i i know like he loves playing in chicago and all that but he had a good year this is his opportunity, though, to, to make big money, if you think about it. I mean, he just came off a one-year deal. He did exactly what he was asked to do. I think he – I think he for me, at least, he performed better than I expected him to. So, I, I mean, I think – stopping the Bears from giving him a three-year contract, though? I mean, it, it depends on how much money this restructuring opens up. Because he's not going to command guess. double digits. He'll probably I command guess, yeah. seven. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But I think I think with, with how tight our cap is right now, I think, I think you have to save every – every mill you can you know so i i'm thinking maybe a guy like tony jefferson who who's more in the uh, more of an in the box type safety i think he'll even be slightly cheaper than haha i mean i'm just going off projection well tony jefferson was he was talking on twitter too about it so. yeah exactly exactly so i mean that's that's somebody uh josh klein the guard for uh the minnesota vikings got released and i know vikings fans were super unhappy about that so um that's potentially a guy we could go after um and yeah that's that's it for now i saw something on twitter that said if the bears restructure akeem hicks i mean god right they love to restructure that's all they do is restructure contracts they love to restructure yeah. contracts and if they extend Allen robinson if they do those two things they can free up 11 million dollars yeah that's, that's a lot of money considering their current cap um but one thing I wanted to bring up that goes hand in hand with the whole Nick Foles thing. I, I first of all want to say they should be spending more money on offense. They did their defensive duties. They said offensive Let's, line for sure. Uh, offensive line, but I, I also think they get a wide receiver. Um, I don't know who it is, and I think, I think they get a running back. And I, I think I really do believe that. I mean, I don't know if I believe this honestly. Like, I want to believe that they're going to turn into the Tennessee Titans, and I want that to happen, but it, it's very hard to believe right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if they say, you know what, Devonta Freeman just got released. Let's throw him six million dollars for one year and make him a part of the, this. You know, you know, they clearly want to try to run by committee. I mean, how many times did we see run DMC last year? Sure, it didn't work out because the offensive line sucked. So if, if that, <laughs> you know, also I really just don't think Mike. I mean, we didn't give Mike Davis a fair shot, but obviously Devonta Freeman's a lot better than Mike Davis, so you're already feeling better about that. But I do. I mean, I don't think Melvin Gordon's in the realm right now, but I think a guy like Devonta Freeman uh, is certainly possible to come in and and try to turn this into a run dominant team. Yeah, I I think a three headed monster of Devonta Freeman, Tariq Cohen, and David Montgomery is pretty damn good. I just think some. Yeah. I I think somewhere like, uh, you know, I I think somewhere else will pay Freeman bigger money is the thing. I I think you look at some place like. You know, like the Steelers or somewhere like I don't even know. Like it's like I would have to actually look at the teams. Like the Bills, like somebody would pay him bigger money than the Bears could offer. Um, and I think the Bears are committed to David Montgomery. He showed, you know, you gotta you gotta commit to the offensive yeah. line right now. I think that's yeah. your biggest thing because that's what David Montgomery needs. He needs that space. Um, but I think offensive line probably gets addressed in the draft more than likely. I think we would all yes. agree. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I would be super okay with them using one of the second rounders on like Agreed. Caesar Ruiz yes. out of Michigan or somebody like that. I, I think that's, that's probably the route they will go. I, I just, 
I don't know. I, I don't think they throw big money at, at the guard position um, for obvious reasons. I know we have other holes to fill, so we'll see how that plays out. They could go, I mean, pay, we've been saying that Pace has to get creative. He has to get creative and, and find, find ways to improve this team. You know, his back's, back is against the wall right now, so, yep. All right. Um, anybody, final thoughts? I think we we are not a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. We have oh, yeah. let it out. I mean, that's why we <laughs> did this emergency episode because we I couldn't let it stay in my head. I couldn't. I had to let it out. Yeah. Uh, I feel a lot better now. A lot better. How, how are we feeling? All right. This will be our, our last subject. Um, how are we feeling at the end of these three days, all of the moves that have been made, um, all the extensions, restructures, contracts given out, um, trades? How do we feel about the Bears? as opposed to how we felt a week ago. We're feeling better. We're feeling worse. We're feeling more like a playoff team. Personally, I think we feel more like a playoff team. And that's not just Foles. That's, of course, Robert Quinn as well um, is a big part of that. But I think the Bears are back on that track of getting back to the playoffs and making a run. Look, teams use free agency to get better. You look from last week to today, the Bears are a better football team. I mean, that, that's as easy as I could put it. They, they fixed the Leonard Floyd issue there. Uh, they fixed the edge rusher issue. They, whether you like it or not, they do get better at tight end, no matter what you think of the financials. And, you know, we, we have yet to wait to see about the quarterback situation. But, you know, obviously all of the rumors got us excited. But the Bears get better, and, and that's all there is. To say. And they will continue to get better because the pace is not done. Let's make that clear. Pace is not done. There will be more moves to be made. So the Bears are getting better, um, and that's all. That's the only way that we can look at it right now. Yeah, I, I think I think it'd be idiotic to say that the Bears are the same team or, or worse than than they were, you know, yeah. a week ago. I, I think, you know, even 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 extending uh, uh, Danny Trevathan, I think was was a huge move. I, oh, yeah. I absolutely love that move. I think that that shows them that they're serious about winning. Um, and you know, for now, look, we've been harsh on, on the Nick Foles and Jimmy Graham moves, but, um, you know, like we said, it's a wait and see game. So, you know, we can't, we, we've laid out the positives and the negatives and, and now we got to see, you know, how it turns out, yeah. but yes, all definitely right. better. Uh, all right. At least we're all on the same page about that. <laughs> but this has been another episode of bears nation podcast. Thank you guys for doing this, getting, making the time we made this emergency podcast, Big moves being made in Chicago. Like Kevin said, definitely not done yet. Um, but thank you for listening, as always, to you, the listeners. Everyone, wash your damn hands. Stay quarantined. And for this, for myself, for Chris, for Kevin, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. And, of course, Bear Down. Bear Down. Bear Down. Bear down. Well, come on.